Hello and welcome to At Home with Ashley G. I'm Ashley Gronwald, a real estate agent, mother of three, living in Raleigh, North Carolina with my husband Jed. I hope you'll join me as we discuss all things that begin in the home, such as family, marriage, faith, parenting, organizing, and plus a sprinkle of real estate. I look forward to building a community with you as we navigate the joys of owning a home and making it our safe haven for our family. Because home is where it all begins. Hi everyone, it's Ashley Gronwald with Hunter Row Real Estate and I have Pam Farrell in, um, joining me today. She is an author and the co-director of LoveWise. So Pam, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, it's so great to be with you. Well, One conversation ahead. Yeah, it's so funny because it's. Um, I was looking back to when I first read this book, Men Are Like Waffles, Women Are Like Spaghetti, and I read the singles edition. So that means that was at least 10 years ago. And then I was in my counselor's office yesterday and I saw one of your books on his shelf and there's just been red hot monogamy. There's so many that you, so I feel like you've been a part of my life, even though now I get to um, see your, see you in person and talk to you. So this is such a privilege and thank you for doing it. Oh, my joy. I do love it when we have a teenage version. Uh, it's called guys are like waffles, girls are like spaghetti. And then the singles version, and then the married version. And it's really fun when we do, when I get to meet somebody who like read it when they're a teenager, then read it when they're in college student, and then read it when they were newlyweds. And um, it's a gift that keeps on giving because we are in relationship. Relationship is a continuum. So we're always in a relationship. I guess maybe the next one will be men are like waffles, women like spaghetti, uh, next generation, or um, for those of us who are retiring, I don't know. <laughs> yes. Well, I, I remember it, you know, I am an avid reader, but I remember this one, this book specifically, just sticking out to me, just the concept of men being like waffles and women being more like spaghetti. And just remembering like my mind kind of did a burst of like, wow, that just makes so much sense. And again, I was single then. So relating to men differently than now as a married woman um, who has a son, you know, all these things. But anyway, I'm so grateful for this book and um, I'm, I have lots of questions, so I'm gonna jump in because it's gonna go quick. First off, the title, it's a unique one, but it definitely has stuck with me over the years. How did, I mean, your husband co-authored this bill with you, so did you guys come up with it together? Or was it one of you that had the idea? It's a very fun story, actually, because I think the best titles are at, um, usually born out of real life situations. Mm -hmm. And that's what was going on. We had just moved to a new community and Bill was a pastor. And we thought, how can we make a difference in our community in a positive way? And so and we were both athletes. So we decided that he was going to you know, be president of the basketball league and I was going to be the perpetual team mom. And um, so he was in the gym one day and a guy came up to him and said, you know, Pam and Bill, I've been like watching your relationship and you seem to have a really good marriage. And this was probably maybe 15 years into our marriage. We've been now married 42 years. Um, so about 15 years in, he's like, I really love what I see in your marriage and our marriage is really hurting right now. I'm like, I we're like on the edge. I'm not sure if we're going to make it. I think something might be wrong with my wife. I think she might be broken. And Bill's like, huh, why don't you come on in? 
And I'm, he wasn't quite sure what he meant by that, you know? And so Bill, they, they walked into the office and Bill said, how can I help you? And the guy said, go ahead to his wife. And his wife started talking from subject to subject, to subject, to subject, to subject, to subject, to subject hopping all around. And the husband looked at Bill like panic deer in the headlights. Like she does this all the time. Like, I don't know what to do. And Bill said, well, Think of her mind, uh, the way that God created it is there's more connections between the two hemispheres. And so that means her mind maybe looks a little bit like one noodle on a plate of spaghetti. If you follow that noodle around that plate, it looks like it touches pretty much every other noodle on the plate. And so she's traveling through life, making emotional connections to you. And so it's actually a compliment. And the guy's, but what do I do? And Bill taught him some listening skills, you know, lean in, don't interrupt and nod like you care, things like that. And um, so the wife talked for 55 straight minutes and she sat back. She's like, oh, that was so good. I felt so seen, so heard. Okay. If I'm like spaghetti, then what's my husband like? And Bill said, oh, yeah, we don't have time for that today. And so Bill thought, okay, I know Bill, Pam and I have done the research and we totally know that, you know, men compartmentalize and women integrate. That's the fancy social scientist terminology. He's like compartments. Okay, I need a food with compartments. And one day our boys were making, you know, Eggo waffles and up popped the uh, waffle and Bill goes, oh, that might work. So he went back and he met with the couple and he said, okay, your husband, his brain, the way God wired it is in compartments. And so men like to think of one thing and one thing only at a time. And so when they're at work, they're at work. When they're in the garage, they're in the garage. And when they're watching TV, they're watching TV. And so we're going to stay in one compartment and um, I'm going to be the box police. And if you drift out, we're going to come back to that one issue that your husband really is hoping that will solve. And so that's what happened. Uh, she tried to veer off topic numerous times and Bill kept bringing her back and they solved the problem there in Bill's office and saved their marriage. And Bill came home and he's like, honey, you know, God gave me this great illustration today. And, um, I think that we should use it in an upcoming marriage seminar that we have on Friday night. And he explained what he shared. And I said, oh, that sounds super intriguing, but a little corny. But I trust you and I trust God because he gave it and it helped that couple. So, okay. And so that Friday night when we did that seminar, um, and we talked about all kinds of things about marriage. But the part everybody loved was the men are like waffles, women are like spaghetti component. And it kind of just grew and grew and grew uh, from there. And in men are like waffles, like spaghetti, we have 10 different areas that we look at the differences and how to make those differences work for you in all of your relationships. And how it turned into a book was our publisher asked us to come up and uh, speak to their publishing company to help them, you know, work better together. And so we taught on men are like waffles, like spaghetti. And we had pitched the book before, but they're like, oh, that title's kind of long and we're not sure if people understand. And But it was was like the hit everybody was talking about it, talking about it is the buzz and so the publisher finally said okay you win you win we'll make it a book and it's become a bestseller it's a perpetual bestseller it's 
translated now into 15 different languages. And um, I think the most fun is, like you said, you're at your counselor's office. And I got a letter during COVID um, that was so encouraging because it was from a counselor and her new husband. And she had been using Man Like Waffles Mike Spaghetti in her practice. But then when she started dating, it was a second marriage. When she started dating, um, they used Man Like Waffles Mike Spaghetti in their relationship. And it made all the difference. And so her wedding cake, instead of a bride and a groom, is waffles and spaghetti. Oh, <laughs> I love it. That is so awesome. Well, that's so cool. Now, I know this is a general statement that men are like waffles and women are like spaghetti. Because I would think, generally speaking, that's the categories. But I'm sure there are people that fall outside of that, correct? And this still can be helpful to them because I would even say my husband and I probably fall into the reversal of those categories, but still super helpful because it shows you how our minds are wired differently and how you can take that as an attack or as they just don't understand me. But if all of a sudden you realize that our minds were by God designed differently, then you can have a grace for them, a way of communicating that can help each other either stay on track or get compartmentalized. Would you agree? Right. right. And um, how it usually works is men are like waffles, like spaghetti. That's biology, you know, mm -hmm. um, our DNA, XX, XY. And so the first layer is biology. And so men do compartmentalize. There are more connections in a woman's brain. Mm -hmm. And so that's why we integrate. We jump back and forth between the two hemispheres and guys solve problems on one side or the other side, typically, mm -hmm. um, because that's the way the hardwiring is. But then layered on top of biology, then you have your motivation styles. And that's oftentimes when we hear people, oh, I don't totally match up to that. Oh, maybe that um, a guy is more verbal than the average man or a woman is more like organized. And, and so she feels more compartmentalized. That's your motivation style. And then layered on top of that are your family of origin issues, which we talk about in there, like steps of forgiveness and, um, and then maybe trauma or culture. So there's many layers. And what really helps in a book like Men Are Life Waffles and Like Spaghetti is you just get tools. You get communication tools. You get long-lasting love tools. You get interpersonal um, understanding and appreciation tools. And those tools can morph and be used in many settings. And you mentioned, too, that men and women communicate differently. And you've kind of alluded to that already. Can you give maybe speak to it a couple of examples of that? Because I think that's something anyone listening could relate to and maybe help in their relationships with the opposite sex. Well, I'll tell you the most popular one first and that men do compartmentalize. And so that means some of their boxes that so they think in one box at a time and those boxes, just like the top of a waffle, there's one issue and each issue goes in a separate box. Um, but in addition to that, when men go, drop into that box, um, some of the boxes don't have many words in them. They might have phrases or sounds like, mm hmm. Yeah. You know, so they have those kind of things. But some of the boxes are absolutely positively blank on a man's waffle. And men like to park in these boxes. And I mean, you've probably seen it. They kind of stare. And when they are in that empty box, we women, it's like we have radar. Like, what are you thinking? 
And they have like nothing. And then we think that we're they're they're lying to us because like you can't be thinking nothing. You have to be thinking something because that's the way our minds work. We're always thinking about something. And um, so sometimes we just like you have to be thinking of something. And so they like frantically jump from box to box to box looking for a box that has words in it that they can drop in and answer our uh, question. And then we misinterpret the delay. Like, oh, you didn't want to tell me what you're really thinking. Well, what they were really thinking is nothing. And so there's actually been scientific studies, one out of the University of Irvine, um, that show that men really do have empty compartments where they go now we women the closest thing we get to that empty box is maybe when we go have a massage at a spa you know that might be the closest but usually we're thinking of something even when we're laying there on that massage table so true and then you talk about we might relieve stress differently between a man and a woman so what what are some things that um, can help lower stress in our mates lives can you speak to that a little bit yes because this is probably the thing the last two years that we've talked about more than anything especially in the lockdown when we were all locked in together 24 7 for weeks on end and we were all stressed like what kind of world are we living in and so how men and women process stress is really pretty different um how women like to talk um uh, process their stresses they like to talk their way through stress and so the best thing a husband can do is like schedule like just time where he just listens and lets her spaghetti around and download her stresses and it's good for a couple to talk about when the best time for this to be you know is it you know, like right when you both get home from work is it at the end of the day after the kids are in bed is it over coffee uh, is it on the right maybe you commute together um, but choosing what time of day to give that gift of being a great listener so the husbands can give the gift of listening listening uh, that will really lower a woman's stress and um, as uh, the other way to lower a woman's stress is because our minds are always connected to everything our world just keeps getting larger and larger and larger and larger and more and more responsibilities and so setting up times where it's just you and your mate going away like a weekly date night um, we encourage you to um, get away together uh, for like 24 hours or 48 hours every few months at least once a year um, so that her world shrinks down a bit and that takes the pressure off of her and relieve stress. Mm -hmm. Now on the other uh, hand, conversely, men like to go to their favorite easy boxes to rest and recharge. Mm -hmm. And God kind of helped us girls out in that most of men's favorite easy boxes are actually shaped like boxes. When you think about it, the TV screen shaped like a box, the computer shaped like a box, iPhone shaped like a box, basketball court, baseball diamond, uh, football field, all shaped like a box, pool table is shaped like a box and bed is shaped like a box. In fact, that bed box, that SEX box, favorite box for husbands to go to when they're stressed out. It's kind of like that free square in the middle of a bingo card and guys can get there from every other square on their waffle. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. And that's, that's so helpful because I think we can feel like we're missing each other as married couple because the woman's feeling like, why don't you ever want to engage in the emotion that I'm experiencing and talk through it? And they might feel like, well, why, why can't we just watch a game together or just go shoot hoops together? I mean, 
I think of that as like shoulder to shoulder activity. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, guys open up shoulder to shoulder. Women open up face to face. Face to face. Yeah. And, and so I try it. Like when we do our marriage counseling, now that we've been married 10 years, we talk to the girls. It's like, what do you do with your girlfriend? You go grab coffee, go have lunch. You're looking in their eyes. But the guys, they go watch a game, see a movie, play basketball shoulder to shoulder. And so fishing, shooting range. Yep. It's yes. shoulder to shoulder. And right. that's why the car is really good. So if you're traveling together as a couple, that means most of the time you're shoulder to shoulder. So your husband's probably going to open up on some deeper levels if you're taking a road trip. Mm. And so if you really, um, and but then you get out of the car and you have a meal together. So then you get your face to face time. So traveling and road trips are actually pretty good for marriages. Yeah, that makes sense. So then we add the component of parenting. So now you bring children into the mix. Uh, and I would assume as women and men, we parent differently because of all these things, family of origin, biology, motivation. Give us some wisdom for parenting, because I think that's where now the season we're in with little ones that we look at it from different perspectives and different ways. So give some insight into that. Let me just give a couple of examples. I raised three sons, um, but now we have uh, three daughter-in-laws and five grandkids, and three of them are girls. So we are we have the full spectrum going on right now. And so my boys, I wanted my boys, when they grew up, I wanted their my daughter-in-laws to love me. So there's a few things that I did. I taught them how to cook. I taught them how to clean up after themselves. I knew that would gain me some points, but I also taught them how to converse. And how we did that is I would take them out with a soccer ball and I would kick the ball to them and I would ask a question and they couldn't kick it back until they answered my question mm -hmm. and then gave me a question. Then they could kick the soccer ball and doing that soccer ball kick back and forth, back and forth taught them the art of conversation and they're actually now really great conversers they have really strong interpersonal skills mm -hmm. one of my sons is an engineer and having great communication skills in the engineering field is like zoomed him right to the top so that's one thing you can do with little boys with little girls um on the other hand oftentimes girls will just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and the parents, especially dads, are exhausted by it. And um, to help them be better conversationalists, set a timer a couple times. Uh, it, if they're like talking, 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 I'm going to set the timer. You can talk as much as you want for 15 minutes. Daddy's going to listen and he's going to nod. He's going to ask you questions. And we're just going to have this great time and I'm going to listen to you, sweetheart. Um, the other time you might have to set a timer is like the drama and the tears. And so one of our friends sets a timer. You can cry. You can scream. You can kick. You can throw yourself across the bed. But when the timer goes off, wash your face, get up. You got to face the world, girl. And so um, it, it can work in both ways to just understand and equip your kids, boys and girls, to live out the best of how God made them. Because they really are different. And those differences show up like some of the studies we read were rather humorous. Like there was a study of um, one group wanted to see how boys and girls played together. And so they put a trampoline in a room and then they brought in the little girls didn't give them any directions they just watched the little girls immediately set up like a little social system where one person was like the timekeeper and she made sure everybody got the same amount of time on the trampoline so it was all fair and so all the relationships you know we're all still friends at the end of the trampoline time and then they uh, brought the boys in 
no instructions. The boys all just jumped on the trampoline all at the same time, pushing and shoving until one of them was finally king of the mountain, uh, as it should be, overcome and conquer. Yeah, so we are different. Uh, I saw it show up. Um, a lot of times there's that, that game you play with your kids. Uh, it's baseball. And to choose who's going to be uh, batting first, you take the bat and you put your hand over hand over hand until you cap it. Okay, we were in the car. And I'm driving my boys around and I'm taking some of their friends home from football practice. So it started out with, uh, yeah, I bench press 150. Oh, that's nothing, man. I did 165. Well, that's nothing. I did 180. Oh, that's nothing. You know, I think I'm going to do 220. That's nothing. My cousin, he can bench press 350. He's like the strongest man in Ohio. Oh, that's nothing. My uncle, he works for the WWF. And they'll just like keep going until somebody's the alpha male. I just, it was hilarious to me, right? And I get the, but I don't know much about their day. So, you know, how's it going? Um, what happened with your day? I might get a one or two word answer. I get all the girls in and I'm driving the girls to like youth group or something. And I learn everything about my boys because the girls are sharing, sharing, sharing. But the key nowadays is you got to take their phone away. Like, okay, everybody, phones in the basket in the car. Otherwise, they'll just all be texting back and forth. You won't have the insider information. That's so good. I think about, yeah, my desire to connect with my kids, I think, verbally. You know, I want to hear their heart. Just bringing them home from preschool just a few minutes ago, I was like, what was your favorite thing, Parker, at school? And it was like, toys, toys, you know, and trying to get my daughter to share about her experience. Um, but just thinking that maybe the takeaway for me with my two-year-old little boy is just get on the floor with him and play with his cars. Like exactly shoulder to shoulder again. It starts when they're little. And it's so hard because I think, you know, this feels pointless. Like there's no end or structure to it. And I want the structured play or the structured conversation where we're getting somewhere but it's like especially as a two-year-old but then it sounds like even more as a boy just get on the floor with them play that's bonding with him exactly get them in their comfortable setting with either gender what what is their most comfortable setting and then learn the art of great questions and ask questions they cannot give a yes or no Yes. Ask questions that they have to like give a sentence to ask answer. One of my boys was really a, not a communicator, um, and he was ADD, ADHD, and so to get him to open up, um, I had to use some creative questions. Like he had explosive anger because he couldn't always get things right because of his ADD stuff, and and so I, okay, what animal do you feel like right now, mm. and why do you feel like that roaring lion? And so using what car would express how you're mm -hmm. feeling right. Yeah. So use some things from their world to frame up the question to try to pull things out. I love that. Yeah, I was trying today to do just emotions. Like, what did you do today at preschool that made you angry? What made you happy? Because, again, the open-ended questions sometimes can help just dig a little bit deeper into their souls as they're, you know, adapting language and learning how to communicate. They're so blessed to have you as a mom. Oh, thanks. I always say my love language is asking questions and being asked questions. Very so that for the rest of their life. <laughs> uh, if people, there's one chapter on parenting, and men are like waffles, like spaghetti. But we actually have several books on parenting. Ten best decisions a parent can make is a great starter. Goes from cradle all the way to college. How to raise your kids to reach their God-given potential.
I love that. I haven't read that one, so I'll definitely look into that one. Another topic um, within this realm of the differences between men and women is our desire and way to be um, romantic or romanced or pursued. So I'm sure you see that a lot with how men desire that and how women desire that. And I think, I mean, what we've said so far just about communication, how we relieve stress, like that shares what the desire is there where, you know, romantic to a husband could be playing a basketball game together. Right. Very simple. Yeah. <laughs> How women like to be romance is when you, because we integrate everything, when you tie pieces of her world together, that's going to feel romantic. So my husband says, here's an example, guys, if you really want to wow your wife, then send her an invitation to a date on Saturday. Uh, either email or make it fun and fancy. Um, and then on Monday, like send her flowers. Oh, you are so beautiful. You're as beautiful as these roses, yada, yada, with a little bit of words in there with the flowers. Then maybe um, Tuesday, say some topic that you're so excited to be able to talk to her about or um, some plans that she's wanted to share with you. I can't wait to listen. And then Wednesday, like, oh, you might want to wear an outfit kind of like this because it's a surprise where I'm taking you. But baby, you sure look hot in this, this and that, you know, so she knows what kind of how to how she wants to dress. But you give her a compliment on the way baby look great and then thursday you just remind her i just can't wait to see you and spend time with you on friday you tell her i've arranged the childcare, double bonus points and then saturday when she shows up at the restaurant or wherever you're taking her you've already gone ahead of time there's a little gift on her plate and so she thinks wow he thought of me while he was going through his whole week and so she feels very valued so connect everything together that's the way to win a woman Sorry, how we can romance a husband it's its opposite it is keep it simple yeah and so you might want to tie together some of your husband's favorite easy boxes so my husband bill we raised three athletes and so maybe tickets to a college football game that might be box number one box number two he loves good gourmet but healthy food so maybe taking him to a cool trendy new restaurant um and then box number three is every guy's favorite box and that would be the bingo box the sex box and in fact he would give away those college football tickets to your husband ashley if he could make sure box number three was going to happen yeah right. And so sometimes with husbands, you're 100% right. Maybe just curling up next to him, watching the game, only talking during the commercials, and bring some food item wrapped in bacon. Woo, that's a winner. That's awesome. I love it. Well, the one book we alluded to at the beginning was The Red Hot Monogamy, which I, I think I read that in the first maybe few years of our marriage. So um, it had a lot of amazing ideas too, just of how to have passionate love within a God designed holy marriage, which is countercultural. So, you know, it is, but God designed sex. I mean, it's his idea. Right. So of course he would give a great uh, instruction manual and some wonderful ideas. It was, it's based, Red Hot Monogamy is based on Song of Songs, Song of Solomon in the Bible. It's a real couple having real life with real responsibilities, but then how do they interact romantically um, with one another? And in Red Hot Monogamy, you also have hands-on homework, pun completely intended, it's homework you want to do. And then about 200 Red Hot Ideas with about 
half of them at least be free or nearly free. And so it's just ideas to spark. And so we encourage people to pick up red hot monogamy and give the husband one color highlighter and the wife another. You know, go blue and pink if you want and highlight the ones you want to try. Then take a Sharpie. It's like, yeah, that's never. <laughs> it's okay because it's your sex life that you're designing. Right. Yeah. And I think that's so good because it's something that can be an uncomfortable topic, something that is maybe not often spoke about in the church. So, you know, this is an area of potential hurt for people, discomfort, um, you know, uh, awkwardness. And so being able to have this book and just a reference of like, let's honor God with this gift that he gave us, even though the culture has tainted it and um, really made it different than God's original intention exactly. um, and bring it back to the creator, which is God who had the perfect design for it. You mentioned in the book that romance is multi-faceted. What, yeah. what do you mean by that? So most people, when they get married, they have a wedding ring and on that wedding ring is a diamond and diamonds have many facets. That's what makes them beautiful cuts in different directions. And so red hot monogamy, we look at eight different areas of intimacy. And if you have unity and agreement in all those eight different areas, there's going to be a lot of red hot monogamy going on. Mm -hmm. um, but if one of those areas you are not getting along, that's going to wreck a lot of your marriage. For example, if you're fighting about money, not going to be a lot of sex. If you're fighting about how to raise the kids, yeah, you're going to be avoiding each other. And so really it's an eight week guide to get heart to heart that leads to body to body. And um, so we have questions at the back of every chapter. So you can really talk through and think through um, how to gain unity in eight key areas uh, of your life, you know, and um, one of the fun ones is just like developing that friendship. Um, one of the statistics that's both in men are like waffles, like spaghetti and in red hot monogamy is that couples that develop a long-term friendship have the highest sexual satisfaction in their marriage. And so, um, Another way to develop that friend, so doing things you love together, finding like Bill and I love to bike together. We like to kayak. We now live aboard a liveaboard boat. Um, so boating, uh, paddle boarding, all that. Put us on the water. We get along great. Jet skiing, all that. But like he doesn't really like going to my Zumba class. Like it through some he went is like hilarious. It was it was a comedy show. Um, hey, hey. Um, <laughs> and um, I don't really love sitting through nine innings in a baseball game. I'd rather he just take my boys to do that. So find those things that you can do together. That's a key to developing friendship. And then develop your spiritual life together. And in the back of Men Are Like Waffles and Like Spaghetti and in Red Hot Monogamy, all of our marriage books, there's always dinner and dialogue coffee and conversation questions um, that help you just understand each other's hearts. And then there's tips about developing a spiritual life together by praying together, by attending a church together, being in a small group fellowship where people believe in long-term love and study marriage principles like the DVD series we have on Men Are Like Waffles and Like Spaghetti. Um, couples that pray together daily, rate their sex life as the highest possible rating. Couples that attend church weekly and couples that are in a small group that believe in long lasting love, they have the highest sexual satisfaction rate. So there's the flyer to send out 
hey, come to church on Sunday with me so you can have red hot relationship at home. Because really, that's what the studies show us. And the reason why is because God designed red hot monogamy. So as you grow closer to God, as your husband goes closer to God, then you're going to be closer to each other and you'll gain Christ at the center and heart to heart understanding and appreciating and valuing the way each of you were created. It's really God's design. So it's beautiful. It makes sense. We've just all tainted it. So we have to get back to the original design of it. I love that. Well, I would love to have you do this again, maybe just specifically to parenting, because that's the reason we're in. And I want to get some of your parenting um, books and start working through those. I think that would be really helpful. Well, I love this. I think it's such a helpful resource, these two books um, for marriage specifically, but then also just to understand the different sexes within your life, friends, brothers, cousins, dads, um, workers, yeah, it helps in yeah. family, it helps in career. The more you understand and appreciate and value the opposite gender, um, the more you'll be able to uh, draw out their best then they'll appreciate you. So their heart will be drawn to you. So it really helps all your relationships in no matter what context you're in to understand and value that God made us. Men are like waffles, men like spaghetti. And it's a good thing. Right. He designed it that way so that we could um, really bring our strengths together right. and fortify uh, our families, our marriages, our churches, our cities. Right. Instead of trying to make the other person more like you, realizing that we together reflect the image of God as a man and a woman. And so we get all facets of just the way God is not trying to make the other person more like ourselves, because then you miss out on a whole um, just glory of God that's missed when you don't um, see the other side. So I think it's awesome. Exactly. And one thing we didn't chat about, but people yeah. might find helpful that's in men are like waffles like spaghetti is um, there's a chapter on achievement and there's like how to work your careers, you know, together. And then there's a chapter on who does what around the house. And oh, yeah. so how did it really not argue? And people are like, oh, I'm in you don't argue very much. And the reason why is once a year uh, we sit down and we're like, okay, who really thinks it's important to have the kitchen clean and the counters perfect and the dishes. And, and we delegate that to each person in our family, you know, who takes out the trash, who buys the cars, who helps with science fair. And we delegate everything out. And the key to make that work, we, we do it on three by five cards. And the person that has the card has the, like the, re the responsibility for the card, but they also can do it their way and in their timing. And the person mm -hmm. who does not have the card, their gift is, Thank you very much that you're handling that. I appreciate you for doing that. Yes. I'm not going to micromanage you and how you do it. Yes. That's awesome. I love it. Well, I know I'm going to reread this book after our conversation. So thank you so much, Pam. It was really a helpful conversation. I know for not just me, but lots of people listening. So thank you and Bill for writing this and your ministry has been a very encouraging um, platform for lots of people. So thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. And hey, if they uh, if all your friends go to love-wise.com, there's going to be a banner across the front and it has hundreds of free romantic ideas. So they can download that and they can start getting to know some fun and fabulous ideas that can enhance and enrich their marriages too. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Pam. And I'll reach out and hopefully we can do this again. 
I would love that. I'd love to see your cute kiddos too. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Pam. I appreciate it. God bless you. All right. Thank you for joining me today. And if you connected with something that was said, I hope you will share this with a friend, subscribe, and leave a review. Thanks for sharing this journey with me at home, where it all begins.